Hey y'all, this is Culture Soup, where tech, culture, and business collide. It's a podcast that spoons up everything hot from social media. I'm your host, L. Michelle Smith, and each episode, we bring you some of the most notable and not yet notable thought leaders in tech, business, and culture. The year was 2019. I had only been gone from the Fortune 9, maybe not even three months. It was more like one and a half. When one day I was scrolling through Instagram and saw an ad from one of my friends. It was Valerie Burton. And she was talking about her CAP Institute. CAP stands for Coaching and Applied Positive Psychology Institute. And she was doing a special course. It was a webinar, actually, where she was talking about making your first $10,000 as a coach. Well, I was curious. I'd already started the 30-minute mentor, where I was doing mentoring services for people who signed up and got 30 minutes of my time and I would mentor them. I'd also do webinars, very similar to what Valerie was doing. But I was interested in this offer that she had, made me curious. So I listened, very compelling information. In fact, it was so compelling that it made me think, what if I offered legitimate coaching services along with my mentoring services? That could open some doors. So I looked at the end of the webinar and there were some dates for a coaching intensive. It was happening in Atlanta, Georgia, right outside Atlanta, Georgia, in about two weeks. And yeah, it was a little pricey, but that was okay. It was worth it. I decided to upskill. So I signed up for the coaching intensive. It's called CAP Institute CTI. And I messaged my friend right away and let Valerie know that I was coming. I call Valerie the coach of coaches. And if you've listened to her, if you've heard her speak, if you've read one of her books, you know exactly why. I've known Valerie for more than 20 years. I think it hovers somewhere around 25. So it made a lot of sense to make this full circle moment jump on a plane, go to Atlanta, and learn from the coach of coaches and her team. Well, these days, she's on book number 12, I believe. Number 13 comes out soon. And this next book is all about how successful women can coach themselves. That's right. It's good to have someone alongside you, but it's also very important to know how to coach yourself. Without further ado, I'm bringing back my dear friend, Valerie Burton, author, speaker, entrepreneur, and the coach of coaching. Hey everybody, I'm so excited that I have my girlfriend, Valerie Burton, on the line with me this morning, and she's also here by video. Say hi, Valerie. Yay. 
entrepreneur, she's an author, she's a speaker, she's written 13 books, she has, the 13th is about to come out, and wow, she just turns them out like a machine, how do you do it? <laughs> um, I, I think I can only do it because it's my calling, really, yeah. I, I pray through it, I'm a recovering procrastinator, so I don't always make it easy. <laughs> yeah. I understand. But I, I, I love the written word. I love the way it can inspire. I love that you could read it, Michelle, and you could keep it on your bookshelf. And 15 years from now, your daughter could pick it up and get the same inspiration. That's it's, what I've always loved about books. It's wonderful. But you have a gift. Not everybody can write a book and have that shelf life like that. So we appreciate <laughs> it. Valerie is also a speaker. She's a wonderful speaker. And she travels the globe speaking to everyone, especially women, in an effort to inspire them, right? Yes, that's my mission. You know, I had wondered why I was here and, gosh, prayed a couple of years before I just had this epiphany 20, over 20 years ago wow. now, 1999, that I was supposed to inspire women in particular to live more fulfilling lives, that I do it through writing and speaking. I had that epiphany at an NABJ convention in 99 and uh, started writing a few weeks later and self-published and then Random House picked that first book up and I've just kept at it. That is so awesome. And there's something too, keeping at it. And we'll talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> but how about we have a culture soup moment, Valerie, okay. you ready? Yes. Awesome. Okay. So, you know, I'm always scouring the social webs and the internet to see what's trending and, and topical. And one thing that I've noticed is surging. Is the coaching industry. Seems like everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people are becoming inspired to either become coaches or to get a coach. I think they're becoming a little bit more accessible. What do you think about that? Well, first of all, I love it. And secondly, I have felt like this surge has been happening for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Maybe it I, has. Yeah, when I first started coaching in 2002, you know, it was becoming a buzzword because a lot of people call themselves coaches that are actually coaching by right. definition of coaching. But, um, you know, I think it's an easy term and I think everyone can use a coach. I think we all have areas of life where, where we are is not where we want to be. And yeah. having that guide that can help us because we have the answers we need, but sometimes we can't see it as clearly. I mean, most of us have had the experience of helping someone and thinking, well, it's so obvious what you should do. Right. <laughs> um, you know, having someone else, but coaching really is about being able to ask those powerful questions, not having the other person's answers, but being able to, number one, really believe in their possibilities, really help them explore what those obstacles are and helping them to navigate around them to take advantage of opportunities and overcome challenges on the way to those opportunities. Well, you raise an excellent point. I think Part of where people who haven't had access to a professional coach that use a coaching me method assume that coaches are there to give advice. Yes. And that's not quite the way it works, is it? <laughs> yeah, in fact, if you're wanting to be certified and credentialed and you, you're giving advice, <laughs> you're probably not going to get your credentials. So, right. you know, our belief really is that the client or the person that we're working with has their answers. And part of Part of our job as coaches is to be able to pull those answers out, to be able to help someone shift perspective, to have the breakthrough. I mean, it is so powerful. I've seen it work in my own life. I think that's one of the reasons I believe so strongly in it. In those really difficult times, in those big moments, 
uh, to be able to actually experience coaching, not just the coaching of a great coach, but self-coaching, which is what I really try to teach through my books, because we don't always have somebody there to ask us the right question, but we can slow down and pause and ponder our own questions and get honest about those answers and create breakthroughs that way. And isn't that the point of it? Some people think that when you have a coach that maybe you should keep the coach the whole time, but our goal is to really kind of make you self-sufficient. Isn't that true? In many ways. I mean, I think there's a benefit to both. I think Mm -hmm. there's always a benefit of having a sounding board, um, you know, someone who knows where you are, what's going on. Um, You know, we know all the greatest athletes have coaches. And I think all of us, and you know, and you can have coaches that help you in different ways. You know, many people have a coach and it's career or business related, but having a coach to help you through relationships, to help you reach those physical and health goals, the financial goals, I think all of those um, really matter. Yeah. I have a friend that's a little on the fence about coaching, (laughs) let's just say. And he raised the question, what if everybody became a coach? Because he was joking that it seemed like a lot of his friends were becoming them. And you know what? I thought about it. I didn't respond to him. It was on Twitter. And I was like, the world would be a better place. It would be a better place. And I even, I mean, I think it's, I think coaching is a resilience tool. I think anytime you can question things, especially when you've been doing it the same way and it's not working, (laughs) Um, when emotions are showing up that you don't, like, but they seem to just keep lingering. Like, what's that about? What's that trying to teach you? What do you, what do you want to feel instead? I mean, these are, these are simple questions, but our lives are so busy. We often don't stop and ask the simple, but really powerful questions that can get us unstuck. Well, you know, what's interesting, Valerie, when I logged on the Skype here to get ready to call you, it reminded me that we had been on the phone just over a year ago to do your first appearance on the Culture Soup podcast, and the date was January 19th. Isn't that something? (laughs) That is. Today is January 20th. I think you just always find me around my birthday. You know, something like that. But I also think it has something to do with the beginning of the year. Yes, yes, But I recall, and this gets to my journey in coaching, I recall talking to you and having a great conversation about your new book at the time, which was... You remember? It's about time. It's about time, right? Yeah, so we talked about that. But this was before I had made the decision to take the journey. And Mm -hmm. just three months later, I found myself in Atlanta, Georgia, right outside of Atlanta, um, in the CTI, the Coach Intensive, right? With you and your team at CAP. Yep. Yep. So you have, you are one of our CAP Institute graduates and the coach training intensive are, um, gosh, we've at this point had people from every state and 15 countries go through the coach training intensive, which makes me so happy. (laughs) I know, but I know more now about coaching than I ever thought I would. And of course Mm -hmm. I've gone through CPEC, which is the certification program. Yes. Certified personal and education. Pack it in, cross your fingers that I get all that done. But The good news is that I have been able to coach others and I've seen the impact of it. And I joke with my little girl because we watch Disney all the time and on Raven's home (laughs) where she's a roommate, she's a roommate who's a life coach. And (laughs) they made a joke. It's so funny. I cracked up laughing and Joni was going, "Why, why are you laughing so hard? She had a woman there in her home that she was coaching and she says to her, 
you know, I feel that you might be struggling with your self-esteem. Is why is that? And the woman <laughs> turns around to her and says, "What are you a witch?" <laughs> And I laugh so hard. Of course, people who aren't in the coaching industry or haven't had exposure to a coach wouldn't find that funny because they don't get it. But I think what they're trying to say is coaches know insightfully and intuitively which questions to ask. And sometimes it feels like we have just pierced your soul. (laughs) You know what? But I think we all have that in us. We do. We all have it in us. We cover it up. We it's maybe not considered polite. Maybe it's like too deep, too whatever. But the if you can be curious, you can coach. If right. you can just notice what you notice, it's already there. Right. Hmm. I wonder why she said that that way. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what, what makes you what makes you take that particular step, or what is this teaching? I mean, those are those are intuitive questions, and also I think we all hear things we all notice things we don't always say it out loud but we all see we see when someone is struggling we see when their fear is popping up we Mm -hmm. might not be able to pinpoint it but even as a coach you don't always know exactly what it is but you see it and and just by calling it out and let's talk about it shining the light on it that in itself opens up the door and the space to be able to deal with the things that need to be dealt with. I, it's it's really powerful. It's extraordinary. And a lot of times I feel like it's magical because while you might engage with somebody three months, six months, a year, you know, or more, in those first couple of sessions, there are some amazing breakthroughs that happen. And yeah. you usually hear it from the client. <laughs> and yeah. They're like, oh my gosh. The response is... It's definitely, it's definitely one of those careers that you get a lot of positive feedback. Yes. More so than most other careers because right. people are grateful. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm grateful. <laughs> I'm grateful to you and the CAP team for pouring into me and uncovering this gift. So I'm very excited about that. But let's talk about your book. Because segue from having a coach which is a good thing to learning how to coach yourself yeah talk about that Uh, well for years I um, wrote a weekly column a weekly newsletter called the coaching session and basically it's different topics in different areas each week but I would always challenge with a coaching question right and that you could journal through or talk through. Mm-hmm. And so my publisher had asked, you know, would, could we turn these into a book? Which is funny because I wasn't writing every week thinking I'm writing a book. I was right. just writing as a way to inspire. But the feedback has always been so, um, so positive and mm-hmm. so powerful because people are using it to have their own breakthroughs. And so, like I said, all of my writing, even from the very beginning before I was coaching, um, and before I'd become officially a coach, I wanted to be able basically to coach people through the writing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to just, you feel, oh, I feel good. I feel inspired after I read her books. No, I want you to change what right. needs to be changed. <laughs> right. And that's what the book is about. And we actually, for the first time, I've created an online course, how to self-coach mm-hmm. for people who've bought the book. It's free. Um, that for me is so exciting because... If you can learn these very simple tools 
you can get answers that you need and you can get them right there in the moment. So life coaching for successful women is what was born out of all of that. That's awesome. So how do you, how do you use it? Does it work just like your newsletters where you discuss a topic and then you challenge them with a question at the end of a chapter? Yeah, it's, it's, it's divided into very small chapters, which people love because they can make progress. Yes. (laughs) Chunking. We want something that's quick, uh, something that's quick and easy. Um, and then there are, there are, um, coaching questions. So there's a toolkit in each section. So for example, there's an entire section around relationships. I mean, from friendships to romantic relationships, there's, um, an entire section around resilience, which is really Mm -hmm. important. There's a section around business and finances. You know, I, I feel so strongly about the financial piece because so often, what people are really wanting is the freedom to do Mm -hmm. what they really want to do. And what most often holds them back, at least what I've experienced when people come for coaching is that they're wanting to make that leap of faith. But if the finances are not in place, they simply remain stuck. So fixing that foundational piece is really, really important. So yes, it's divided into sections. It's, it's super practical. It's kind of more like a guide. I mean, you could read straight through or you can pick what it is that you, that you need today. What do you want successful women to know? And you typically speak to successful women or women who aspire to be, right? What do you want them to know as a result of this? Well, I love studying what successful women do differently Mm -hmm. um, in particular. So this is just a, you know, this builds on successful women think differently Mm -hmm. and successful women speak differently, which are the highest selling of of the 13 books that I've written. And so this journey, I I define success as a harmony of purpose, resilience, and joy. So when I talk about successful women, I'm talking about being able to know what your purpose is because that purpose is like a compass. You know, it explains how people's lives are better when they cross paths with you. The resilience is necessary. There's no way to be successful without being resilient Mm -hmm. because we know that setbacks are inevitable, disappointments, discouragement, all those things. And then joy. Yeah. I don't, you you can't have success without joy and and it's not success if there's no joy in it. Right. Um, So that's really how I define it. And how do you do those things? I mean, that's what the book really is all about in a very, very practical sense. Yeah. So you mentioned that this is an update to a book that you did before, but you added more content. And I understand that there's more of your life story in here. Um, well, I added because um, the publisher wanted to re-release a book. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I've written so much since then. Because mm-hmm. like I said, this was weekly. Right. So we removed some and added a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, life life keep hap- keeps happening over time. Yeah. So, yeah. so, yeah, there's, there's more reset of, of what's been going on with me. So... For those who have been following you, they may know part of your story, but there were some times in your life where you had to coach yourself and you found yourself changing. Um, yes, I've, I mean, I coach myself on a daily basis. <laughs> but there are some pivotal moments, one of which is when you actually heard the voice that you should be writing and speaking in order to inspire women, right? Absolutely. That's that's where the journey of what I do now started. Um, when I wrote the original book, I had just gone through divorce. That required a lot of 
self-coaching and a lot of hope mm-hmm. and faith and optimism and resilience. For my future. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what I wrote the book about resilience. Right, was, was during that time period. Um, but when I say the hope and the faith and the optimism, really around still of having a vision, you know, because when life doesn't go the way we planned it. We can give up on the things that we wanted. We can begin to doubt that we cannot have the things that we really wanted. For me, that was um, a happy, healthy marriage and family. I wanted to be a mom. I knew that. Um, And so coaching myself and keeping myself believing, like believing it was possible was tremendous. Um, And then being, you know, Michelle, I think there's something that can be really hard, which is understanding that getting to where you getting what you want sometimes mm-hmm. means being willing to not need what you want. Mm-hmm. That's key to negotiation, right? Yeah. I, I had to not need it. I had to not need to be married. I had to not need to be a mom. Uh, and it helped me come to an understanding, even with motherhood, that it wasn't about me being a mom. That could not be the goal. Mm-hmm. motherhood is not about me it's right. about who does, who does God have for me to raise mm-hmm. um and what's my purpose in that that was a pivotal I mean that, that was coaching that's huge um, for me to to understand that and, and to look at it from a point purely of service and what am I meant to do in the world who am I meant to impact that wow, was that's uh, huge um Valerie because as women sometimes society pours it into us that we have these yeah. deadlines and yes. we internalize those things and we end up longing and longing and that becomes the very focus of our lives. We yeah. we're paralyzed because of those things and we may even make some bad decisions. You agree? Absolutely. The d- desperation is not a good place right. <laughs> to make decisions from. And so for me, even in that, it was getting to the place of this is what I would like to happen. This is my mm-hmm. heart's desire, but this is not, this will not define me because mm-hmm. if this is not meant to be for me, then right. I'm going to be happy with what my life is. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's still pretty awesome. Right. <laughs> There's still a lot that I can do and, and, and ways that I can impact. And if this isn't the way I'm meant to impact, I don't want to force that to happen. So that was, um, I mean, it takes some deep soul searching, especially, you know, yeah, we can have those deadlines, but there are some, there are some physical things. Oh, <laughs> yeah. as as and so, um, that was huge for me, but it, mm-hmm. uh, but I was, I was in a place of joy when my husband and I connected. I really was, That's I was, awesome. and it was a joy I couldn't even quite explain. I was mm-hmm. like, you know what, this is my life. I'm going to enjoy it just as it is. I'm going to be happy while I'm on my way yeah. to what I say I want. And if that place doesn't come, I'm still going to be happy with what I have. I mean, yeah. and that's, that takes work. That's not like... Oh, I know. Oh, Believe me, yeah. I know. <laughs> it's, a, it's a decision, but I'm so happy that I was able to make that decision mm-hmm. because it shifted everything. Yeah. It shifted everything for me. Well, and you know, Alex came into your life. We talk about your hubby and he's awesome. But Alex is just a sweetie <laughs> I'm pie. I'm glad that you posted the other day on Instagram asking, was I sure Jeff didn't have a brother? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. Yes, if, if y'all don't know, I am very single. And I'm just putting that out there. So. <laughs> but I'm happy. I'm content. 
Yeah, I am, my son Alex is uh, five and just, I mean, I love being his mommy. He says to me all the time, I mean, you're just the best mommy I could ever hope for. And I'm like, where does this five-year-old get this? Yeah. You know, he's he's a very grateful child, very affectionate child, very um, confident child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, I feel very blessed. That's awesome. But even before then, you became a bonus mom. And you didn't see that coming either. No, you don't know what's coming, Michelle. You you just got to be ready for whatever. That's the beautiful thing. Showing up. Yeah, so my husband had two daughters um, uh, when we connected, you know, and my husband and I actually went to middle school and high school together in Denver, Colorado. I grew up in Colorado. from the age of 10, my dad was stationed mm-hmm. there. I'm an Air Force brat. And so I consider that where I grew up. And uh, just so happened that Jeff and I both ended up in Atlanta. And uh, we were Facebook friends, which is, you know, I had a lot of high school Facebook friends. We never communicated really directly. Right. When he Sometimes saw- you don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I had a lot of high school friends on Facebook, and and uh, he saw one of my books one day and tagged me, and that's when we both realized we were in Atlanta, and we had lunch, and uh, that's that's how it happened. I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't even a date. No, no, it was. Oh, I haven't seen you in twenty years, and you know, I barely barely remember you. I mean, because we yeah. weren't we didn't hang out in high school. But the odd thing is, we had very close mutual friends. Like our friends can't figure out how we never hung out because they hung out with him and they hung out with me. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, yeah, but our son is, uh, I mean, he's a blend of both of us. Uh, we adopted him and that's the funny thing is people will stop and say, Oh, you have your mommy's eyes and your daddy's hair. And Jeff will say, Oh, so true. So. <laughs> <laughs> I showed my mom a picture of your family. And she's like, Oh my gosh, Alex just looks like, them yeah and he acts like us he acts like both of his sisters so my bonus daughters um are 15 and 12 and uh have names that i had written in my journal years ago that i might name my daughter crazy which is really it really is kind of (laughs) crazy it's (laughs) It's a a good kind of crazy we like that crazy yeah yeah it is and uh they call me b mom which is short for bonus mom um, and they liked that. They wanted to do bonus. And yeah, I, I love loved that, that um, right. because they are they are the bonus I got when I married my husband. Well, and it's so much baggage that goes in the word step. Yeah, it started with Cinderella. So, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Cindy. <laughs> <laughs> It's just a great time for reflection. It's not so much that we ought to always have a a quote unquote resolution, but I do think it's great to look back on the previous year to say, what have, what have I learned? What am I most proud of? Um, you know, what lesson am I taking with me this time, not just into a new year, but into a new decade. Um, but the problem with the resolution is people often, you know, it's like December 30th or 31st or maybe the first or second of the year. And they're like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And the, the bigger 
your goal, and even the, if the goal is small, this is true, but the bigger the goal, the bigger the commitment and the bigger mm-hmm. the planning that you need to do. And yes. so the reason people fall off is because they kind of have these goals they throw out on a whim without actually saying, well, what is that going to take? Why haven't I been able to reach this before? What will I need to change in order to reach it this time? What kind of support do I need? How will I be held accountable? I mean, how many times have you set a resolution or a goal and you just never told anybody because (laughs) you thought, well, I don't know if I'm really going to follow through on this. (laughs) So if I don't tell anybody, nobody will know that I I didn't reach the goal itself. So the accountability piece, I think, is extremely important keeping it in front of you. I, I love vision boards. I don't think they're overdone in the least. I think it's important, even in a subconscious way, to have in front of you where you're headed. Absolutely. Um, and I, I mean, I have my vision board right there behind me. I mean, I, I yeah. want to keep it in front of me. I, I typically don't do vision boards, but I'll do calendars. It's a, a lot less sexy, but it's, you know, an Excel chart. <laughs> It shows me exactly. That sounds so like you, you Michelle, know? in Excel. <laughs> what and I am works? a creative, but I just, you know, I've never gotten into the cut and paste. It's a little too craftsy for me. So it's an Excel sheet. What do you do? I'm a businesswoman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I said it sounds like you. Yes, it's who I am. But it's the same concept. It's keeping yeah. it in front of you. Um, you know, I will put reminders up. Um, so my... Um, I actually came up with a resolution after, way after the new year. And I don't usually do resolutions, Mm -hmm. but it's just what came to me, which is a very simple one. It's to drive mindfully. Oh. I realize I'm very intentional about my prayer, my meditation time, about looking people in the eye, talking to them, making sure they feel heard. That's so important. You know, the first rule of coaching is mindful listening. But I realize I'm not as mindful of a driver as I need to be. That's important. There's so many things that can distract you when you're driving. Mm-hmm. Of course, that can take you in a whole different, <laughs> you know, conversation. Mm-hmm. But there's so much going on on the road that sometimes we're not even. We're dri- we got thousands right. of pounds of equipment and we drive right. around like not paying that much attention. I mean, you look over, somebody's on their phone, but, but to be honest, I've been on my phone. I mean, I don't think there's anybody that could say they've never done that. And I just realized this is, this can be dangerous. Um, and it's unnecessary and it feels so much more calming and relaxing to just try doing one thing when you're driving. And I know in this world in 2020, it's not what we do, but it, I think there are more implications when we, when we work on being mindful in one specific area that kind of reverberates out, you know, maybe it's that you're going to be more mindful with your child. You know, maybe you're going to be more mindful at work in meetings. Um, But for me, that was something that came to me a couple of weeks into the new year. Mm -hmm. Um, That is a commitment that I have, uh, that I've made. Right. You know, it's a good way of putting multitasking aside and trying to integrate more, if you Mm -hmm. will, Mm -hmm. so that, you know, you're doing one thing at a time. You may be doing it during, you know, smaller times of the day, but you may move to the next thing and you're more mindful about it. I call it Mm -hmm. chunking because it's that, you know, taking something large and, and, and chopping it up into smaller bits Mm-hmm. And you're a lot more effective. It may seem slower, but you're more effective in all of those areas. Wouldn't you agree? 
you're more effective and it feels more gratifying because mm-hmm. you're more engaged with what you're doing. And right. when you're more engaged, you can be more relaxed. You can be more creative. Mm-hmm. So I, there's a lot that comes with that. And these are things that in the past we didn't have to think about, you know, because it wasn't an option to do 50 things while you were driving or doing anything else. Um, and that's some of what's become lost. And I think it causes us to just kind of be on this vibration that's <laughs> like got a lot of yeah. anxiety and, and so forth. And it's not healthy. It's not, it's not healthy at all. Where are you headed next? You're about to get on a plane soon, aren't you? Yes, I'm actually going to be on the Hallmark Channel. I'm doing their um, their live daily talk show. I love, the Hallmark. <laughs> I love <laughs> the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> My Especially during the holidays. So My mom was like, you're doing the Hallmark Channel? You would have thought, like, <laughs> yes. She's so excited. But That's yeah, bigger than so CNN to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's so positive. That's what I love yes. about it. So positive. That's awesome. So you continue to do media around this new book and what's next? Yes. So I have a book coming out this fall Mm -hmm. uh, called Let Go of the Guilt, How to Stop Beating Yourself Up and Take Back Your Joy. So many of us as women Mm -hmm. feel guilty about things we don't need to feel guilty about, Um, especially those of us who have careers, family. But the truth is, even those who don't have both (laughs) find reasons to feel guilty. So it's you know, how do you, how do you get out of that? And then of course we've got our next coach training intensive coming up here in Atlanta, uh, April 4th through the 6th, which I'm very, very excited about. I have a couple it, people coming. Yay. I'm yay. so glad to hear that. Yeah. I love <laughs> seeing, I mean, I love seeing what you're doing, taking the coaching, taking all of that incredible experience you have, Michelle. And, you know, we connected cause we were both in yes, public ma'am. relations. I mean, we yes, were, I, and I think I forget how we were connected. Our, our mutual mentor, Yes, Ed, Ed Stewart. Uh, Ed Stewart, who was PR director of Southwest Airlines back then. Um, you know, to, to take your background and all of the fantastic experience you've had as an entrepreneur, as a corporate executive, um, into coaching, I think is powerful. Because I think, really, coaching is useful for every leader. I mean, leaders have to lead. And one of the ways mm-hmm. you can lead is through coaching. Right. So I'm excited about our next coach training intensive. Yay. And thank you for those kind words. I do believe this is the roll up in my life to, you know, gathering all those skills and all those tools to do what I was meant to do. Oh, you and know, I, I can couldn't brag have told on you. you. Can, can I brag on you? <laughs> oh, okay. wow. Go ahead. I probably, I don't know if I did it last time. Okay. So my very first national TV interview on CNN, you booked that. Yes. <laughs> I remember that. That was great. My, my first national column with heart and soul. You got me yeah. that. And then remember the um, TV show pilot? The travel the, show. The, the travel pilot. show. <laughs> it never happened, but you did it. <laughs> yes, it didn't happen, but it was fun. I remember the rock climbing and uh, some other stuff you had me yeah, out there. Yeah, and Weatherford, Texas. Yes. <laughs> it was beautiful. I made so many great connections when I was in Dallas, and some of my closest friends are still there, you included. Yes, we miss you. We do. We do. Thank you for that. Well, look, Valerie, I'm going to let you go on your way. Thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you online? So they should go to ValerieBurton.com, especially because I want you to get the the online course I did that's free when you buy the book. So when you go there, you'll see Life Coaching for Success Women. Just click there. 
you, you can buy the book anywhere and then yeah. immediately like in the next five minutes you could download the online course which oh, that's turned out really 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 well and of course on uh, social media so facebook instagram and twitter at valerie burton awesome valerie best of luck to you i love you girl thank you i love you too thanks for having me on again of course you're welcome back anytime <laughs> travel safely okay okay thanks michelle bye-bye What an awesome conversation with my dear friend, Valerie Burton, speaker, entrepreneur, author, and the coach of coaches. Well, y'all, let's see. We got some surprises coming up in the next few episodes, but please tune in on LinkedIn Live next Tuesday when the Coaching Corner returns. It will be the first time that it airs on the fourth Tuesday. Join us at happy hour, 4 p.m. Central. Also, if you're interested in being a part of the next group coaching sessions that I have coming up in February, drop me a note at coaching at lmichellesmith.com. Find us online at theculturesoup.com, on Instagram and Twitter at The Culture Soup, and on Facebook at The Culture Soup Podcast. Until next week. The Culture Soup Podcast is a production of No Size Communication, LLC. The Culture Soup Podcast is a registered trademark of No Silos Communications, LLC.